I've been told it's a good idea to start a speech with a joke. Well, don't get your hopes up. I'm not here to tell jokes. I'm here to pick a fight. Great save by Raz. A strong left to right push. Point to Kujarov. Oh, what a save by Raz. Let's go. Welcome back to the Boston Bee Party. I'm David Rodriguez. With me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler Scales. Tyler, how are we doing today? Doing good, Dave. Yeah, uh, tough week. We'll get into that. Five-game losing streak for Boston. Um, four in regulation, which apparently is their most since 2017. I heard a stat last night. I think that was correct. We'll discuss what's going wrong for them right now, if, what they need to do to get out of it. There's been some more coaching changes in the NHL, and later on we will be joined by Connecticut School of Broadcasting campus coordinator and former teacher of ours, Chris Palermo. But let's get into it. Let's start with the Colorado game. Colorado beats Boston in Boston on Saturday by a score of 4-1. to one. Boston would score first in this one as Chris Wagner nets his third of the year, less than seven minutes into the game. Let's hear that goal right now. Banks it to Moore. The shot. Graves steers it off the top of the crease. Bjork to Moore. The tip from Jake to Bruss. No, it's Wagner. It's Chris Wagner. Coming off the end boards. Yeah, that was a pretty good goal. You got uh, Anders Bjork gathering the puck behind the goal line. Passes it up to John Moore on the point who takes the shot. And Wagner's there just to tip it past Grubauer. Yeah, John Moore, he's been playing amazing lately. Uh, and Chris Wagner, he's been having a pretty... Uh, he's been on the heat lately. Uh, had... I, I hate to start the show like this, but I think that was his first game back. Wasn't it? For John Moore? Oh, yeah, or did he come back in Chicago? And forgive me if I'm wrong. I'm not trying to be a jerk. Yeah, I think he was in the Chicago game. But okay, sorry about that. Yeah, it's all good. Um, Just trying to... Yeah, he played good in the... Been playing pretty yeah, well. He had a nice shot there on his Bjork. Got to see him on the board, too. And, of course, well, I know he's had the second goal since, I believe, the Chicago game. He also had one. So, it's nice to see him have a bit of a streak. And, of course, secondary scoring. We need that. I, I realized I just checked my notes. That was Richie who was back in that game after missing six. Sorry about that, so... Yeah, so it's nice to see him get uh, an assist on that. Wagner get back on the board. I think that fourth line, and we can discuss this more later if you want, I think that fourth line is really starting to come into what we want to see from them uh, as far as a fourth line in Boston yeah, goes. Nordstrom and Crowley have been playing great too. and Yeah, and I want to see Nordstrom get a goal too at some time. I think he's had uh, at least two this season. I think he's on number three himself. He's working towards number four. He's uh, I'm trying to remember when he did score. I think it was one, one game last week. Yeah, he's had a couple of close chances this season for a couple of games, so... He's been stepping it up recently. The fourth line as a whole has been stepping up. So Yeah, that fourth yeah. line seemed to start really slow this year. Uh, and I know there was a lot of injuries that went along with it. You had Nordstrom miss some games. Corrali, I believe, missed a couple of games. Wagner was out. Uh, yeah. So it's just been kind of a revolving door on that fourth line for now. Yeah, and I've, I think I've said it before. It's probably one of the better fourth lines from the uh, NHL this, this season, at least. Absolutely. If there's one thing I think Boston has been doing right, it's been putting together that fourth line to be more of a a three-plus kind of yep. line. It's not It's not your conventional old-school fourth line. Yep, just <clears throat> every player matters. Even if you're on the fourth line, you should be every player matters on the ice. Absolutely. It's a team sport. Um, we're a team, they're a team, everyone's a team team. Old McTeam old. Sorry, going off track here. Uh, Philip Grubauer, it's Philip, right? 
would leave the game with an apparent injury, replacing uh, replaced by Pavel Francouz. The injury uh, seems to occur when he when Grubau tries to make a save on a rich uh, Brett Ritchie breakaway. That's their number one goaltender. You figure at that point, Boston's gonna be okay. But as we know, because we watched the game. Four minutes later, Colorado would even things up when Valeri Nish- Nishkutin, I, I'm butchering that name and I apologize, has a good move, goes forehand, backhand around Halak's outstretched pad to tuck the puck just over the goal. It's 1-1. This happens because Boston can't clear the puck off, uh, can't clear the puck out, and the puck bounces off a defender skate right to Nishkutin. Oh yep. my god. That is. I awful. thought that's a that's a hard name to say. It, it's it's I'm, I'm butchering it, and I do apologize. So I mean, unfortunately, it's in that realm of poss- of uh, not possibility. It's in that realm where Boston has been all year, where you score a goal and then you give up an untimely goal. Four minutes is probably a little bit better than some of the goals we've seen go in. I don't know well, what what's what's going on in, with Boston right now, as far as that's concerned. Why? Yeah, during... What's so tough about keeping that lead? Right now, they keep, seem to get up, and then they let you down. It's most likely doing getting comfortable with like the with the with the lead they have. They think they're gonna be in the comfort zone, but you know, teams like Colorado. I mean, I said it before. Colorado was like a team that was starting to like have a huge winning streak, starting to get a lot of goals, and and when they got that lead with the Bruins, just something happened. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but during the end of the first period, they just started to fall down a bunch. Yeah, I agree. Colorado came in, I think, winning five or six straight when they came into Boston on Saturday. And, I mean, maybe they left winning their sixth, I think it was. But, you know, it's just, it's been tough to watch at times this season where you you go up, you get that first goal or that timely goal to tie something up, and then all of a sudden you're chasing it again. Yeah, and going through the second period, the Bruins, I believe, had a ton of giveaways that would lead to a... Two goals. Yeah, absolutely. Giveaways have been an absolute problem this year. Um, a giveaway actually leads to Colorado's second uh, second goal in the second period. Denton Heinen runs into the net and Tyson Yost a little bit. Um, loses the puck to Yost. He taps it over to Donskoy, who stick handles through a couple defenders. Finds Mark Barbero. Barbario, excuse me. Finds Mark Barbario. In the middle of the ice up high, he passes it over to Ian Cole, who finishes the play with a slap shot for his first of the year. Just, yeah. again, turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. It's always an issue. Yeah, you just got to take your time with the puck. That's like the one most primary thing. And, you know, just giving it away like that is just really unacceptable. You just cannot do that on the ice. And this is with a team that was scoring a lot of goals going into the Bruins game and having a huge winning streak, of course. I'll say that again, but yeah, just unacceptable. Yeah, uh, too many, too many penalties. They always seem to come in the second period, uh, where you have an untimely turnover leading to yeah, something. Yeah, you mentioned Dan Heinen with these giveaways. He's been playing very bad recently. He hasn't had a point in like in the last five games. He's been pointless. Uh, his plus minus has been pretty bad. He's had a minus four these last five games as well. Wow, I I did not even get into the deep dive on that. Nice job. I uh, I am usually a Heinen defender, but you're right. Just the eyeball test. I haven't seen too much out of him lately. Yeah. A couple turnovers leading to goals. Just some bad plays. Um, I don't. Th- I think his ice time has been down a bit too lately. 
It's I mean, understandable. He's not been playing good. I'm pretty sure. for practice. I'm pretty sure in the Washington game, which we'll get to in a little bit, I'm pretty sure that top line and then Krejci and Dabrowski all played roughly around like 20-plus minutes. They were all up in that general area. I know that top line was anyway. They were over 20 minutes, and you're not – if you're not getting anything from your other lines, you're just gonna grind these guys into the ground. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Boston struggles after that, having possession in the offensive zone a couple of times of you know 45 plus seconds without very many shots at all. This ends up leading to a quick outlet pass from Nathan McKinnon to Andre Burakovsky, two on one. After McAvoy ends up out of position and bumping into Grizzlick. Burakovsky snaps it past to lock three to one. This game is all but over at that point. Yeah. I know that you're only in the second period, but it just nothing ever really materialized. Uh, the Bruins enter the third period with only eight shots, being outshot fourteen to eight. Coming out of intermission, they had some good energy, but Colorado's speed and toughness really limited their time and space. It was not an easy. Um, not an easy battle for them. Yeah, the Avalanche had a total of 21 blocked shots this game, too. So that, that questions their toughness. You don't even need to question that. No. It's just very good. Uh, Yeah, it, this game was just everybody on this Avalanche played good. Even the backup goalie going in uh, by surprise, he played his ass off, I believe, during that game, too. I, I don't think the Bruins got a single goal on him. No, he uh, Fred Kuz had a very good game. I'm not sure how many saves he made in that, but he did not give up a goal. He essentially had a shutout for over three quarters yep, of the game. And also, you mentioned that the power play was 0 for 3, which was a sign telling us that the power play has started to just dwindle out of the stars. Yeah, I'm gonna. I want to get into the power play later because I'm very disappointed in them lately. Yeah. Uh, as a whole. So. Um, you know, Marshawn would put a big hit on Kale McCarr, r- their rookie defenseman that's kind of lighting the world on fire. McCarr would leave the game. I thought it was a pretty good hit. The uh, jackasses on the internet would call for Marshawn's head as always. They've always been doing that for yeah. years. He's never, he's unfortunately, he's become a scorer and not quite the pest that you used to have. He sticks up for all his teammates. We saw him getting a few scrums earlier this year. Uh, he's just never going to. He he's change, never gonna. Man. He's he's never gonna lose that uh, that label. Yeah, and to be honest, I don't really want him to change. I think he loves to hate. He, he, it really like motivates him to just do better. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good hit. Makar saw him coming. Yeah. And didn't quite brace for it, but Ashan comes in and just puts the shoulder, you know, back into him, hits him against the boards. Yes. Yeah, I, I thought is, it was a legit. Hit. This is the NHL. This is this is what's gonna happen. So you can't complain about a big hit. Because big hits, they take him down, but this is what the NHL is. Yeah. They, uh, I understand if it was a slash, but it wasn't a slash. What's that? I'm sorry. Was it wasn't a slash? a slash. It was a check. Oh, yeah. yeah. Why? Were people saying hey, they slashed him? I, I missed. I knew no, they were, I'm just I, saying. I, I knew they, they were they, being they, douches. It's not a dirty play. No. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Oh, I got you. All right. Yeah. I'm sorry. You kind of lost me for a second. Um, Boston several chances in the third, including a flurry in Colorado's end where Frank Coos makes a huge shoulder save against Grizzly with under three minutes to go. Boston gets a late power play. They, their power play, again, you just mentioned it, that looks completely out of whack lately. Colorado ends, a, ends up with an empty net goal, three seconds to go. Two-game losing streak. It's official. 
Yep. Um, so we go on to Monday night uh, against Ottawa. Looking to right the ship. Ottawa, not a very good team. What, the second to last in the East right now? Or coming into that game, I believe. And they lose 5-2. to two. The only bright spot on this one was Bergeron coming back and Bergeron scoring. A bad change sets up Ottawa's first goal. A minute 35 into the game. Dylan Deme- DeMello, excuse me, receives a D-to-D pass below the Ottawa goal line. Has a wide open lane up the middle of the ice where he finds a team. Atemi Panarin, uh, oh my god, wrong team. Atemi uh, Adnisimov, alone, just over center ice, races in untouched against Tuka, scores with a backhander up and over Tuka's glove yeah, side. You want Tuka to make that save? Yeah. Like, I could have drove an 18-wheeler up that line. You cannot change defending the rush. You can't do it. It's just going to be. A, it's going to result in a bad line change, and it's going to probably result in a goal. Yeah, I would have figured after Game 7 last year they would have worked on their line changes considering the absolute just falling apart. Um, I was going to say something else, and I think it would have just been mean. Uh, I'm sorry, I want to correct myself. It's uh, Artem Anisimov. I apologize. I called him a Temi. I was thinking Panarin. I fucked that up. I'm a jackass today. Uh, Anthony Duclair would make it 2 nothing later in the first when Chris Wagner from behind the net uh, passes it to goes to pass it to John Moore, takes a funny bounce and pounces behind Moore. Right to Chris Tanney, who finds Duclair in the slot for a quick release goal. 2 nothing. This game is not looking good at that point. But then comes my hero, number 37, Patrice Bergeron. The rebound carries to Marshawn. Beats Pasternak to Bergeron, he scores! The big triangle! And the Bruins cut the lead in half. Marshawn hunting the puck in the defensive zone. And he saw the possibilities right away. Yeah, so you heard it right there. Marshawn makes a great possession play in the neutral zone. Passes to Pasternak on the right wing. Finds Bergeron skating to the dot for the easy one-timer. I don't know if he can draw it up any better than that. Yeah, that was just probably the only bad play from the Ottawa Senators during that game. Marshawn made an easy pass to Bergeron. It was a perfect shot. Probably one of the best one times I've ever seen. The goalie had no chance on that. Yeah, he kind of like slowed down coming over the blue line a little bit too, so that yeah, it was, way it was like not a, to really tip off where yeah, he was that heading. That was wide open for Bergeron. Yeah, and you he, know Bergeron. He can def- score that easily. Yeah, he had easily had a uh, good three quarters. Yeah. And another thing is, once again, another back from injury goal. We've seen it with Krug and Bacchus. So just got to give kudos to the uh, injury staff for uh, helping Bergeron. They've been on their game recently. Yeah, the training staff has been doing a real good job. And uh, as a fan, I definitely appreciate that. Another Boston turnover. Uh, this time at their own offensive blue line would lead to Tierney's next goal, second goal of the game, making it 3-1. to one. Rask comes out to play the puck behind the net. Doesn't go so well. He ends up running into Carlo and the net as he takes the long way around. Tierney takes a Vladislav Nemitsinov. I don't know if I said that right, and I apologize. Pass in the slot, wide-open goal. Almost a mirror image of... The amount of space yeah, that just, Bergeron just Once had. again, just lazy defensive play. It's just been an absolute problem recently for uh, the Bruins. It makes me question, that the, like, we, do we need a change in the defensive lines? 
I'm not so sure it's the defensive lines right now. Um, yeah, it is the offense too. They just need to, they just haven't been like able to like defend the point or anything like that. Yeah, we've seen a, we've seen a lot of unfortunate like falling down and uh, just bad turnovers. So I, I don't I I really can't pinpoint it myself. Yeah, um, just, but just yeah, the, the the defensive play once again, another example of that goal just not been good. Yeah. So after kind of a lousy third period, if you ask me, you Cassidy pulls Rask with about three minutes to go. Bruins are on the power play. But John Gabriel Pajot would score racing and all alone on the empty net. It just, uh, it's just t- bad defense. Just, yeah, just bad I, I think it was another. I think it was another turnover. Not a yeah. tape to tape pass. Just not looking good. Uh, Jake DeBrus would score uh, as that penalty expires, jamming home a rebound from a Pasternak shot to bring Boston back within two. Boston pulls Rask again, just to give up another empty netter, five to two. What a just. Yeah, shitty game. I'm done. I'm yeah. done with that one. I I don't understand how one of the the best teams in the league keeps overlooking the small the the younger uh, yeah, yeah keeps on the overlooking the basement dwellers. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't, don't. I don't understand. Is it overconfidence? I mean, you cannot get overconfident with any team in the NHL. I think the Bruins should have realized at the moment they they lost to Detroit and uh, Chicago. Detroit, Detroit was the first one. Yeah, they had what nine points when Boston lost to them. Then you get Chicago coming in on like a six-game, seven-game losing streak. After you were just on a tear of what, points in I twelve, know. I think it was. It just makes my predictions make makes my predictions look like an look, look, look like me make me make it just makes my predictions look very bad in my opinion. I had Boston for two to one, and that's all right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think the. The score should have been reversed. I think Boston should have taken this game five to two, but they didn't yeah. come. They didn't come ready to play. Yeah. I, I I don't get it. Um, you're listening to the Boston Bee Party. I'm David Rodriguez with Tyler Scales. We just went over the Colorado and Ottawa games. Don't forget to follow us at Boston Bee Party One on Twitter. Next up, let's head into Washington. This game I'm not so upset about. The Ottawa game I'm kind of pissed about. The Washington game you're going up against the best team in the league by far right now i mean obviously you would like to think the bruins are up there but they really haven't been playing like it this week but this was a much better game uh they do end up losing three to two to the capitals david Pasternak would open the scoring about halfway through the first period with his 26th of the year mcavoy activating his defense but bergeron going hard to the net ovechkin Knowing Pasternak's over to his right. Don't think he had a stick on the ice, and that puck was on edge, and he goes bar down past Braden Opie. You got uh, Charlie McAvoy leading a three-on-two into the zone, finds a streak in Pasternak in the right-wing circle, lifts the puck over Holtby's glove. Off the shoulder, off the crossbar. Actually, I don't think it hit his shoulder. Off the far post and in. That was a, a real pretty goal. You like the speed heading into the zone on that one. Nice crisp pass. Few minutes later, Zdeno Chara fights Tom Wilson. Uh, after Tom Wilson cross checks Chara in the Boston end, that was kind of weird. They're in the middle of the play, and all of a sudden, yeah. you, you see Chara, who I haven't seen fight uh, too recently. Although we did see him back to back nights, uh, I don't think the uh, the boxing commission would appreciate that very much. Later on in the power play, Boston thinks they have a goal when Bergeron puts the puck in the net, but Washington would challenge for offsides. 
You know how I feel about review at this point. Yeah, you know how Th- I feel about it too. This is one of the most ridiculous things. If you extend the blue line up, like in football, how they extend the goal line, he's not offsides. He's still technically out, but because his yeah. skate comes off a fraction of a second, maybe like millimeters before the puck is fully over, there was like, I don't know. I, I, I don't even yeah, know. It's, it, like the, the puck... go, it's like if you go out of bounds during a football game. It just, yeah. One, one... you know what happened during the Patriots game too, right? Oh yeah, I can't even. I, like you, you have you have replay in place for a reason, and it's yeah, not got, to fuck up calls like that. Yeah, we got two guys that talk about that though. So yeah, I mean, it's just unacceptable. I I just can't believe that his. I can't believe that his skate is probably like a sixteenth of an inch off the ice as the puck finally f- comes all the way in, and you're gonna call that back. It's twenty seconds later. They had to reset the game clock. From 4:25 to 4:45. That's just I don't I don't feel like that's what replay should be used for. Yeah. And I'm gonna go off on a tangent if we're not careful. <laughs> no, go ahead, man. This is a uh, we can do what we want over here. Yeah, sure. That's good. So what's that? Yeah. Six or seven disallowed goals by Boston for Boston yeah, that, this year? That's just crazy. I, <laughs> my you, God. You know I I haven't seen them win a challenge that I can yeah, think of off the top of my I head. I don't think they've won any this year. Zero. And then they they ended up they ended up losing a challenge in Toronto, and of course they lost it in Toronto. This is my big conspiracy of the year: is that Toronto is just gonna fuck Boston over on every single replay. I know. I don't know. A bitter fan. Sorry. Yeah, I think Boston could have possibly. I think they still could have lost this game, in my opinion. If even with the even if the goal was allowed, but this was one of Boston's better games. The first period was one of the best I've seen. It was the best one this week by far. Easily, yeah. Yeah, I, I just wish they played like this during the Colorado and Ottawa game, but... Yeah, see, yeah. I, I, I didn't mind them losing to Colorado for the fact that Colorado was a damn good team. Yeah, of course. I, like I said, I'm pissed off that they lost to Ottawa. That That's my major that, issue. That right game here. was terrible. Probably one of the worst games they've had. I said that for Detroit and Chicago game, but this one, I promise you, was the worst one. Just the amount of goals they had... Did not need to happen. I think this was one of Rask's worst games too. Yeah, and you know me, I'm, I'm a I'm a Rask defender. I know he only gave up technically three goals because of two empty netters in that yeah. game, but we're way off track here. Let's get back to the second period of the Washington game. Brad Marchand has a uh, shorthanded chance, but can't get it around Holpe. Chris Wagner would take an interference penalty, leading to a TJ TJ Oshie power play goal, all alone in front of the net. Oshie takes a John Carlson pass and lifts it over Halak's glove off the crossbar into the blue paint. Called no goal at first, but then you see on the replay easily that he just whacks it in right right in the blue paint. Um, so it was a quick no call followed by an immediate call. Yeah, and you know what I say about John Carlson. He's one of the best defensemen right now in the, in the uh, NHL. Absolutely. They're talking about him possibly being the first defender to break 100 points since um, Brian Leach, I think they said. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. I think he can do it, in my opinion. Yeah, it's been it's been a while since a defender has broken 100 points. So, uh, three minutes 30 seconds later, Oshi again as Evgeny Kuznetsov uh, leads him with a good pass. He just skates right through Connor Clifton inside yeah. out. I don't know what happened to the defense during that part right there. It just what what 
Oh, she's a oh she's a. Great I mean, player. I know, yeah, but where was the offense? He could they could have caught up to him, but I mean, I know it was a good pass, but he the went, offense was nowhere. We just watched it. You saw it. He he goes through two defenders. It's I think it's Crew next to Clifton, and they they're bunched up together like they're yeah. A, now that I think a about bunch it. of carrots. I know, Ma- I know McAvoy did get like hooked hooked his his stick got hooked on Oshi, but. Oh, that's right. That was McAvoy. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't Krug. You're absolutely right. And he, they were gonna call a penalty on it, but he just backhands it over gloves, um, blocker side. Of yeah, just a, that was an incredible shot by Oshi. Yeah. And, and let's just say amazing game for him. Let's just say where uh, we just said Tuka had a pretty lousy game. Halak hasn't been on top of his game lately. He's made some yeah, really I good agree. saves, but unfortunately, he's been giving up a few goals. Yeah. Um, I I can't say that I would blame them all on him though. So. Yeah, the um, goaltending it was not just not their best goaltending this week. No, no, unfortunately. Um, Pasternak and Marshan can't connect on a two-on-one. Pasternak elects to pass through two defenders. He should have taken the shot there. You're one of the hottest players on the team, and you have a lane to shoot, and you're trying to force it through. This is where I think that first line gets too cute. I mentioned to you a while back. I just. I, I couldn't believe it. I threw something at my TV. My wife's going to be mad at me when I have to buy a new TV from throwing shit at it. Three minutes into the third, Corrali would tip a Tory Krug point shot home past Holtby. Short side high, 2-2 game. But again, another untimely goal. Two minutes and 11 seconds later, Carlson, John Carlson would one time a uh, Nick Backstrom pass from the right wing dot with Chara unintentionally screening Halak, giving Washington the 3-2 lead for good. Boston would pull Halak with about a minute 45 left to no avail. Boston, four straight losses. Again, not not their worst game. Probably their best game in the, these last four. Yeah, of course. I, I think they had a decent game last night as well. But having said that, you know, four straight losses is something that you hadn't seen from Boston. We saw it uh, early in the month, but before that, it had been a while. Yeah, you know, Washington's one of the best teams right now in the NHL. They've been there for like a for the whole decade in my opinion. Yeah, they've been I mean, they've, I'm just going to say they've been the better team, better than Pittsburgh. Uh I at got, least I got I got to respectfully disagree cuz Pittsburgh did win back-to-back cups. I know, but and I, I think, know, but Washington has played amazing during the season, of course, but Yeah. They've been This they've, game was an example. They've been a regular regular season team. It was good to see them break out a couple seasons ago and get the cup. Beyond that, Washington is, uh, you know, unfortunately yeah, they just haven't. It looks like they have that that uh, drive again this year, though. Yeah. In conclusion, though, I think Boston. This was probably their best game out of the whole week. They played great this game. Just a couple of mishaps during in the defensive play, but of course, this was Boston's best game this week against Washington, who was a really good team. So. No shame in this in this loss. No, no shame in the loss. I, I mean, it wasn't a bunch of egregious turnovers that led to it. Um, Washington, as of today, has 51 points. Boston has 46. So you're five points behind them. I still don't understand why it's so hard for Boston to beat Washington uh, for Boston to beat Washington and Braden yeah. Holtby. Uh, I don't think Holtby is a. I, I don't think he's an all world beater. He's a great goaltender. I don't think he's the best of all time, and sometimes Boston just makes him look like that. Yeah. So uh, you want to move on to last night's game in Tampa? Of course, let's do it. Now, I I watched some of this game at work. I watched some of this game while falling asleep on my couch last night. Uh, from what I could tell of it, it wasn't 
a terrible game. Unfortunate timing on some goals, though. Um, yeah. I, I, I also could not watch this game. I was watching uh, some of the uh, video game awards. Yeah, you were such a millennial. Of course, I love video <laughs> games, man. No, nah, that's cool. I, I wish I I wish I was into video games and had the time for them. So I'm. You still I'm, can, man. I'm only saying that because I'm jelly. Video games games are for all ages. <sighs> Just telling you now. All right. Last night in Tampa, Boston unable to end their losing streak. It goes to five games. Um, losing to the Lightning three to two. Bergeron does open the scoring about five minutes into the game. Putting a putting home the Brad Marchand wraparound attempt. Marchand really turned on the Jets coming down that left wing side. Goes around the net, tries to wrap it around. Puck ends up on Bergeron's stick as he he as he's falling down. He whacks it past um, Vasilevsky. the The amazing thing for me on this goal wasn't Marchand's speed going down that side and behind the net. It was the fact that there was. Four defenders directly around Bergeron because Bergeron's going to be in that spot. If you don't know Bergeron's going to be in that spot or in that buffer position, you're not paying attention. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if, if you kind of paused it for a second and did an overhead look, it would look like the five side on a uh, set of dice. Yeah. That's how many people were right around him. McAvoy sizzles the pass to Bergeron, to Marshawn, closing, goes around the net, tries to wrap, Bergeron scores! My hero, yeah, Patrice man. Bergeron, starting the game off. Again, four defenders around him. Uh, a few minutes later, Zdeno Chara would fight Pat Maroon, second fight in two nights. It's good to see the big guy. Stepping yeah, up, I, I I don't think he's ever shied yeah. away from it. Yeah, especially with um, heavyweights like Tom Wilson and Pat Maroon. Those guys are heavyweights. Oh yeah, those and are, I hate them too. Those are two legit, two very legit fighters in this league. Yeah, so it satisfies me to see Shara just take them down. And even though the, I'll, I'll admit the Tom Wilson fight was pretty good, but the Pat Maroon one was satisfying to see because Pat Maroon looked like he couldn't have a chance. Yeah, it looked like the linesmen were about to step in, and Chara says something to uh, Maroon about, no, we're going to keep going, right? <laughs> yeah. Takes a couple more shots at him. Um, it's good It's good to see the team sticking up for one another. I, I, yeah, it's course. not that I don't think they have. It's just you've seen some of the more um, more of the star players stepping in. you got a, a Bergeron who will always step in. You've seen Marshawn step in. You've seen a little guy like Krug. Sorry, I don't mean to call him little. Uh, a smaller guy like Krug step in to some things. Um, you know, the team obviously cares about one another, but you got to have your bigger yeah. guys, a, a Chara, Richie, even a John Moore, you know, step in and slap somebody yeah. around from time to time. Yeah, it's good to step up for your teammates. A uh, little over halfway through the second period, Steven Stamkos would score on the power play. Right off a face-off, uh, Kucherov wins a puck battle in the corner, finds Stamkos, like, just all alone. How how you leave a Steven Stamkos that far away from anybody else is beyond me. I know you're on the penalty kill, but he just risked it five-hole past Rask. Rask stayed up on this one, which Rask is usually a, uh, a butterfly goaltender. It will usually first instinct to go down. Stamkos being the old world, the all world player that he actually is, recognizes this, gets a five hole on him. You just can't leave Stamkos alone. It's he is a dangerous player. He's been like that for, he's been like that since 2012. Yeah. He played with Martin St. Louis and stuff. He's just been amazing. Uh, 
and Braden Point, I mean, Kucherov, those guys are just they, uh, they they make a lot of points. You know, Kucherov, I believe, got the Maurice Richard Trophy. The me the rocket wrong. the rocket Rashad Trophy last yeah. year, yeah, he did. Tampa Bay, the whole team has had a bit of a slow start. Uh, as of right now, they are third in the wild card with thirty five points. They are four points behind Philly and five points behind Pittsburgh. So they're on the outside looking in right now. We're coming up on Christmas. That's the point of the season where I think you, yeah, you're not going to have much change in the standings. After this game, I think Tampa Bay could step it up, get some wins. Yeah, I think that was a good confidence builder for them. I agree. Yeah. So early in the third, again on the power play, Tampa Bay would strike again. Braden Point takes a no-look pass from Kucherov in the circle, rips it past Rask. Uh, this comes after a, um, a, I don't know if it was a purposely wide shot by Victor Hedman. There was, I don't think there was much Rask really could have done about it. Yeah, again, Kucherov, uh, he's one of those guys who can get in the net. He knows how to shoot the puck. He probably gets him from Stamkos, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, when you work with somebody, I mean, look look at the progression of Mahjong over the years. You, uh, I think it was Julian who originally put him with Bergeron, and you've just seen his game grow from there. Yeah, and they work together. They work amazing together. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, almost to the team's depri- detriment, I think. Uh, but, again, we'll get back into that later. I, I, I have some yeah. issues with that top line. About five minutes left in the game. Stamkos would score second of the game from the high slot. He steals the puck just inside the blue line. Another turnover leads to another goal. It's just a terrible area to turn the puck over right in front of that line like that. Uh, Boston was able to cut the lead to one about a minute and a half later when John Moore puts home the Anders Bjork rebound. A leg saved by Vasilevsky. Charred dart across the goal mouth. Pirelli couldn't convert on the red-hot pass. Loose in front and score! John Moore sneaks in from his defensive position. Anders Bjork gets behind the net, picks up the puck. Find it, tries to kind of squeeze it in there. Maybe it bounces off and in. Bounces over to Moore, who's, you know, coming in, trying to create something, following the play. Gets it up and over Vasilevsky. Unfortunately, though, that was that was it. Game, yeah. game over, 3-2. to two. Boston on a five-game losing streak, losing four in regulation. Again, I mentioned earlier, I believe... Um, Four losses and four straight losses in regulation hasn't happened to Boston since like 2007. Yeah, it's just and during the months of November and October, they had the only the only way they lost was during the shootout or overtime. Now they're starting to lose in the uh, regulation, which is not surprising to see during the regular season. You always lose a game in regulation, of course, but Boston had such an amazing streak, and then all of a sudden it just started to just drift away, and now they're starting to. Getting on a bad losing streak. Yeah, the wheels have really fallen off the bus on this one. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go around the league, talk about some coaching changes. We got Connecticut School of Broadcasting campus coordinator Chris Palermo coming on the show to talk with us for a few minutes about the Bruins. David Rodriguez with Tyler Scales. This is the Boston Bee Party. We'll be right back. <laughs> defense but Bergeron going hard to the net Ovechkin knowing Pasternak's over to his right 
Don't think he had a stick on the ice, and that puck was on edge, and he goes bar down past Braden Holtby. Drops the puck to Kucherov to Stamkos. Great save by Raz. A strong left-to-right push. Point to Kucherov. Welcome back to the Boston Bee Party. David Rodriguez with Tyler Scales. We have the privilege right now of being joined by Chris Palermo. Chris is the campus coordinator at the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. He's appeared in 37 films, including Ted 2, That's My Boy, The Town, and he has a web series on YouTube, Pizza Makers. That's with an E-R because we're from Boston, of <laughs> course. Uh, that's just to name a few. He's also been on the radio, uh, WBZ, and Oldies 103.3. Mm-hmm. I used to love Oldies 303, 103.3 Yeah, I know. It was a good station. Up. Now, Chris, how long have you been in the uh, in this industry? Uh, I have been in this business probably... Well, pull up a chair, ladies and gentlemen, because way back in 1984, I saw a little movie called Purple Rain, and uh, Prince inspired me to go out do some music. Went into the music business for a little bit and uh, got sidetracked into radio broadcasting for 30 years. Nice. And here we are. Uh, teaching, uh, I've been teaching since uh, 2000. Yeah, wow. almost 20 years 20 teaching. years. And I uh, want to give a shout out to uh, one of my students, uh, was my student in Newbury College in 2000, Mike Riley. The Sarge. The Sarge, who, uh, yeah, Sarge yeah. man. So, uh, Sarge, uh, and uh, you've seen a lot of students come through and uh, appreciate you guys having me on today. We appreciate you coming. The Sarge also, by the way, is another great teacher here at the Connecticut yes. School of Broadcasting. Mikey. Personally, I think he was my favorite instructor. Wow. All. Okay, I'll wow. see you later yeah. now, Tyler. Wow. Yeah. Well, your grade just changed. <laughs> so, out of everything in the industry, what yeah. was your favorite part of working here in the uh, broadcasting industry? You know, um, I think that uh, the best part of, about it probably was uh, the people, meeting all the different kind of people. Uh, I've met and recorded everybody from, like, former pre- presidents uh, to, you know, I've had beers with Bon Jovi and Duran Duran. And I have, uh, uh, I remember running the board with the astronauts floating in space. And... Uh, that kind of stuff, uh, you just you just can't put a price on. It. And also um, connecting with people, you know, being on the radio uh, is really special, as you guys you know can imagine. You know, I think it was the people meeting a lot of people opens up a lot of doors. Yeah, that's for sure. I'm sure you've met a lot of a lot great... of parties, a lot of booze, a lot of uh, a lot of cigars. Oh, there's booze in this industry? I had no of, idea. A lot, lot, lot of ladies. Uh, it can get you in a lot of trouble. Be careful. I'm warning you, boys. <laughs> yeah, should be warning me about that. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I'm pretty tied down, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll avoid the ladies, as I'm sure you do. We're going down a, deep, a different path. Oh, yeah. Aren't we, gentlemen? <laughs> this, just, this just took a turn. Uh, speaking of all the yes, people sir. you've met, okay, uh, yeah. a few weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago, you mm. put up a picture of you and Joe Thornton from back in, I believe, 97. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Jumpin' Joe uh, was at that press conference. He was signed number one overall. Did you guys know oh, that? Yeah. He was uh, Absolutely. Uh, he was back in the late 90s. He was one of my favorite players. Him he, and Samsonoff. Oh, same draft. Sergey Samsonoff. He oh, just my never, goodness. That guy just never took off, unfortunately. You yeah. know, and, and, and he was kind of, uh, you know, a real gritty uh, guy who would dig in the corners, too. Um, 
Uh, he kind of reminded me of like a Pasternak too. Uh, but Joe Thornton was terrific. Uh, Joe, like Paul Pierce, when I used to record Paul Pierce, uh, was so tall that I couldn't get the microphone up um, high enough for these guys. It was unbelievable. But Joe, uh, it's funny seeing that picture. Joe was like, I don't know, maybe you know, twenty, and uh, what's he like, forty-two now? Yeah, he's not even the captain of San Jose either, right? No, they stripped want... him of it like four or five years Why? ago. Why? Uh, I think it was. I, I think it was after they lost like their third, yeah. their third straight time in the playoffs. I think oh, they, wow. they had been a couple one and dones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they they lost it. I mean, at at, at even right now. San Jose yeah, is the uh, number one and the number two pick from that because Patrick uh-huh. Marlowe was the number two pick that year. Do you remember what number um, Joe Thornton wore for the Bruins? <sighs> Crap. Here I am saying he was one of my favorites. Uh, was he number... 40. No. Number six. That, I was going to say. Yeah, it was, it was the Bruins' bad luck number. Gord Kluzak wore number six, too. Oh. Yeah. Now, why, why would you consider that bad luck? Well, <laughs> Thornton was traded. Kluzak, uh, career... Ending injury. I forgot uh, how his career ended. That's why I was Gord asking. Gord was awesome, too, you know, as we're talking old school, too. But yeah. Gord Kluzak was awesome. I actually enjoyed him, too, doing uh, the the commentary, too, on television. And uh, he's no longer doing that. But he, I think he shows up on the Nesson uh, oh, game from yeah. time to time. Okay. I All think right. he fills in here and there. Okay. They Excellent. do a lot of Ray Croft, a lot of Peter. Oh, yeah, there. yeah. I think maybe too much Ray Croft. <laughs> I, I actually like I like his look on it. Plus, yeah. I, I personally like the fact that we traded him for Tuka Rask. That, that, <laughs> oh, that's... actually, Barry Peterson's great. I worked with Barry over at WBZ. Uh, you know, it was a thrill getting to skate with these guys too. When I played uh, several media games over there, um, we were the first non-professionals to play on the Fleet Center ice when oh, it nice. opened up. <laughs> and boy, were we non-professionals! <laughs> uh, uh, so. We're on the Bruins broadcast. Yeah. We should probably ask a couple Bruins questions. Sure, let's do it. Not just about old school yeah, Joe Thornton. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. What do you think of this year's version of the Boston Bruins? I, I think it's terrific. And, you know, from game one, uh, there's a different kind of system they were playing um, where they weren't passing the puck so much, too. Did you, you guys notice that at all? A lot of individual efforts, not so much. Yeah, um, I think last year it was really frustrating, and uh, and especially if you went to a game, right, and you'd hear the crowd yell, "Shoot!" Oh no, that was that was just me yelling from <laughs> my couch, tape, right? <laughs> um, I think, and and here we go. I mean, I think Halak is uh, a better goaltender. I just this is my agree. style. I agree with We're you. We're just going right at it. I love it. I, no, no, I'll tell you, and I'll tell you, and we talk about this, you know, off the air all the time. Is um, I like the fact that Halak, um, Halak, Halak. How do you, how do you say it? How did you Halak? Halak. Yeah, I had problems with it too. Yeah, Halak. Uh, yeah, names aren't really a thing on this. We kind of <laughs> screw them all. <laughs> as long as you get Chris Palermo right, that's all that matters here. Well, I hope well, I did. Halak. Um, I like the fact that you know. Uh, as a defender, he'll stay standing up right till the guy um, gets in his face, gets right in the crease. Uh, Rask is flip flopping. Rask is down a lot, but 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 Rask is very agile. The guy is like a wire, you oh, know. Yeah. Uh, he and, made a couple great saves last night, late in oh, that game. He, uh, you can't. I saw a little bit of last night's game. You can't blame Rask for last night, but um, I think that. Uh, and I, I think I said this to you guys too off the mic is um, uh, Cassidy 
is not saying this, but clearly I don't think he has a starting goaltender. I think he is going 50-50, and I I, I just think, you know, maybe it might be a morale thing too. I don't think uh, he's come out in the locker room and said, all right, you know, Rask this year is the starter. I think he's going 50-50, and do you think it's evident that the way he's played Halak um, so much this year, I guess maybe if you look back to last year at this time, I don't think Halak played as much to this point. Well, there was that that stretch last year where Tuca needed three days off, some sort right, of personal right, thing. Right, right, I, right. I'm not even going to be. I don't think it was that. Was it? I don't even think it was that early into the season. But um, yeah, it was like early. Uh, oh, mid, was it? Mid October. Okay. Oh, 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 okay. It was early. Maybe yeah. early November. Uh, but uh, you know, I mean, of course, it's all subjective. You don't you know batting around all day long. I think the Bruins are fortunate to have two terrific goalies like that. My favorite player, I guess, um, uh, on the Bruins right now, uh, right now is, you know, right now up to the second is Krejci. Uh, Krejci is um, um, Krejci is one of those people where you know he's not going to where the puck is; he's going to where the puck's going to be. Yeah, you know, and I think. Uh, Krejci is that guy who I really want to see explode. Krejci, for some reason, for the last I don't know how many years, is always the one that says he's tradable. Like, he's still good, uh, but he's not that good to keep him. He's good enough to trade, and we can still – he's kind of like that person that's always the moving parts there, you know. Marshawn, uh, I think he's just for a little guy, is just so strong getting in there. Uh, uh, DeBrusque, I love. I love seeing DeBrusque play. I, I hate hearing people say, let's trade DeBrusque. I, I think that kid's I, uh, got so much potential. I, I wouldn't touch him. I mean, him and McAvoy are the future of the team. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you used to say that Tory Krug was the future of the team, but Tory Krug is not exactly a kid anymore, you uh, know? And he's he's played so well over the oh, last four or five touch, years. He, he's basically let priced me ask himself you guys, out of market. Let me, let me ask you guys. Who is good enough to get value to trade? Uh, that you that you you of course you wouldn't want to see go, but who would you release? Who would you put up? Ooh, so That's the interviewee is doing yeah. the interviewing. I love it. Well, I want to. I respect your. No, no, no. I love it. That's a great question. Here. I wish I had thought of um, somebody to trade. I'd say Carlo right off the bat. No, I I I, I, disagree. I, 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 I don't. I he's not he's not very offensive. But he mm-hmm. is solid defensively. He's got. He's big. The Bruins do need somebody big because Chara's not going to be around forever. No, so. Chara, Chara. I I think he's. We're done with down. Chara. Yeah. What do you, uh, Tyler, what do you think about Chara? I think he's done. I think he's, it's the beginning. He's starting to move a lot more slowly now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's getting. This he's has got to be his long, last year. He's got the long reach, but he's. Man, he's getting beat left and right. Even last yeah. night, there was a couple of times where he had a hard time trying I to know. get the puck out. I think right now, because he had fights in the last two games. Uh-huh. I think right now he's out there. To make sure that shit doesn't get yeah. out of hand, because yeah. you can you've had a lot of people taking runs at Pasternak lately, and um, oh yeah, yeah, you, know. you got to protect yeah. Bergeron now. I mean, the the kid is well, the kid, the guy, he's just back, and I mean, uh, he had a goal last night, right? Bergie had a goal last night, and uh, uh, but uh, you know, somebody somebody like that, I'm I'm trying to think, uh, you know, some of the other shining points there. I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm disappointed in Wagner. Uh, I really would have liked to see Wagner was really uh, taken off. Uh, I, I thought he was on the cusp of taking off. Uh, I don't. 
I think Wagner could be somebody that they to to that point. We were just talking a little earlier in the the program. Um, I think that fourth line is finally just starting to get uh-huh. rolling. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think it's been one of their better. It's been one of their better lines right. over the last two or three weeks. Getting back to where they were last year, mm-hmm. Boston for the last almost decade has been had unbelievable fourth lines. Oh you God! Go, yeah. Go back to the Merlot line in 2011. You know, that was. Mm-hmm. I think I think that was probably about the beginning of it, where you started to see Boston have that line that not only had the energy but had a little bit of mm-hmm. a touch when you really needed it, and that's what the, that this fourth line did last year. Oh, they yeah. found Especially that the they playoffs, found that yeah. timely goal for you, and they're not finding that just yet. But they're starting to break out of it. I'd like I think. to say yeah. we'll be watching that. So looking back, uh, how did that Donato trade work out? I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. I, well, I, I agree. Coil, the first two games I went to, I'm pretty sure that Ted yeah. Donato scored the, the overtime winner for uh-huh. us. So I was in love with Donato when his kid was coming up. I was like, oh, this should be good. But Charlie Coyle has been absolutely these last now, Coyle, these last couple of games. You can't touch coil, but you, you can't can touch not him. touch. T- coil is not somebody that you would, you would uh, even look at. I mean, we just got him, but you know, uh, and you know, some other bright spots. Uh, the Bruins, um, you know, they have the solid, solid line there. Uh, I get, like I said, I like Nebraska, I like McAvoy, and uh, always like Marshawn. Uh, and uh, w- w- what about you guys? Like. We're looking ahead here, who I know it's early. Who would you guys give the seventh player award to right now? Probably, maybe DeBrusque. I think he's again. He's been. Mm-hmm. We said it before last week. He's been turning it up. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He's definitely been turning it up. You can't give it to Pasternak. You, you can't give the award to somebody you expecting. Right. You right. expecting right. to score right. like that. Right. And unfortunately, and I, I've heard Dale Arnold talk about this in the past about how that seventh player award has turned into a popularity contest. Okay. Um, but I, I. You think mean the, you mean the, the the handsomeness, the way they might look too, or. No, no, just like it, it's the flashy <laughs> like name. Like a, fa- a fan favorite, right? Yeah, yeah, it's just a flashy name. If I had to go for a seventh player right now. Mm-hmm, right now. I'm going Halak, honestly. I, I totally agree with you. I uh, totally yeah, I agree, agree with, with you, you, too, in that part. Uh, I, I, ex- understand what. I do expect from Halak where he is a number one goaltender mm-hmm. in this league, and he's, mm-hmm. our, he's our 1A or 1B, however yep, you want to yep. look at him. Um, he has been solid throughout the course mm-hmm. of this year he's been solid since we got him uh, at the beginning of last season uh, and he's just he brings it every game he, yeah. he's had a couple of not so great performances but he's still making those yeah yeah crazy saves oh, yeah, and yeah. I, I don't think i don't think boston over the last two seasons does nearly half as well without halak yeah totally agree with you and, I, and i'm the biggest two yeah right no, lover I know. in this well, no i know i know <laughs> totally agree totally agree um as far as trading i Thinking about it, the the Wagner would probably be the one you could get the mm-hmm. most value for, where mm-hmm. you, you hurt your team the least because right. you do have some guys like Heinen. You, you can put, I think you can put Richie on that fourth line. Oh yeah, you can absolutely yeah. put Backus on about that fourth him. Yeah, line. Backus, yeah. yeah. Do, do you split those two up mm-hmm. every other mm-hmm. game or every few games you switch them out? I don't know. Yeah. Backus, of course, we all know is a five million dollar a year yeah. player, six million dollar cap hit this year. Nobody's taking that contract from you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah. if you could trade him, that—that's right. who I think sure. should go. Sure. I mean, you hate to see a local guy go too, but where do you go? To? That's the business, you know. Oh yeah, it's a tough business. A player that they might trade that would hurt us the most. It might be Tory Krug. I don't want them to trade him, but oh. it might. They might do him. 
Okay. It might be a bad decision it's interesting. for us, but uh, yeah, the defense they, they is, could possibly trade him. The defense I, is so tough right now. You have so many I, young guys, too. I really don't think Krug is going anywhere, honestly. I hope not. I, I really not. don't I want think to say this team. Not this year. I, I think Krejci would go yeah. before Krug again, yeah. honestly. That Krejci name comes up again. Which then then instead of needing a third-line center, you need a second-line center. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, love, I like the structure of Bergeron, Krejci. Coyle right now, mm-hmm. uh, obviously. Well, Coyle, Coyle, would, Coyle might go up to second line. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't want to see him on the wing unless you have to. Yeah. Injury late in the mm-hmm. game, you need that extra whatever, yeah. that extra oomph because well, the right wing has been a now, tough. Now one remember, for center is a tough gig because the center. Uh, I, I, me personally, when I played, I I was pretty good at winning faceoffs, but I jump out to a wing because the center. You got to go jump, drop back, and help on defense too. Yeah. So you got to skate. You oh, got to yeah. hustle, and I couldn't. <laughs> I'd win the face off, and then go over to my right wing, and that was it, you know. But uh, Bergeron, that's why Bergeron is just amazing. You yeah. know what I mean? And uh, he he easily could be up for what is it would be his sixth Selkie this year. If I he don't wins know. It. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, we t- discussed I, this a couple I, weeks I, ago. My 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 big problem too. We'll talk about coaching here a little bit too, and and. My good and and when you go watch the game, like I used to watch in what's called the Halo, the ninth level, the press area, right? You see plays happen, you see goals happen before they happen. It's incredible, right? So, but what you don't see on TV is the high wings, like say the Bruins are getting killed in their end, right? Nobody is covering the point. The Bruins need to watch some videos of Steve Casper on Wayne Gretzky. Marry that guy. <laughs> Get in his face. You know, um, so if you, like I said, when you go to a game, it's different. You'll see um, the the high, the defenseman wide open in the Bruins zone, and all the Bruins players <laughs> are chasing the puck. You, it sounds so basic, but the Bruins have got to play their man. Marry that guy. If I, and it's all subjective, but. I would sit them down again. I know, I know, we're joking around here, but I would show them these videos of Gretz of uh, Steve Casper, number eleven, marrying Gretzky right on top of him. You gotta do that. I don't see that. Yeah, no, absolutely yeah. not. There was a play yeah. last night where Boston, at the end of a penalty kill, you had Bergeron trying to make a long outlet pass to uh-huh. Marshawn. The puck bounces off of Marshawn right to a Tampa Bay player. I think it ended up leading to a goal too. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's just you, you're on the penalty kill. You've been out there for almost a minute, over a minute sometimes. Yeah. Get it deep. Get that. Yeah. Get that line change. You got to get those fresh yeah. legs on the yeah. ice. Yeah. And, and yeah. If, yeah. Was it the second period too? So you got the long change anyway. Yeah. So yeah. You know, I I said to Tyler a little while ago. You would have thought after Game Seven they would have learned about their line changes. You yeah. Know? That was an ugly. That was that. That was, that was the end of the, that was the end of the game right there. Yeah, that second yeah, goal given yeah. up in the first period. That was it. They came we out and talk played about hard. That. They came out and played hard for about five minutes, but that game was <laughs> over. Yeah, man. All right, so you don't have to answer my question of Halaka. Okay. Or All right. What else you that, got for that me? One's clear. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so if you could put together a starting lineup of Bruins players, mm-hmm. what would that look like? All right, so it's like, I guess, assuming going back of all time, right? Yeah, or, like 1990s. All right, so I would work. take, I would take, <laughs> uh, I would take a course on there. It's got to be Rick Middleton. Uh, I would put Rick Middleton there, and I would put uh, Phil Esposito. 
Uh, I mean, why wouldn't I put Bobby Orr in defense? I mean, of course. Uh, and and there is, I would probably put maybe, um, well, let's, okay, in, in goal, in goal tending, I would put Pete Peters in there. I really oh. like Pete Peters. See, I wasn't watching hockey for the mm-hmm. at that point. I no. was going with Moog myself. Okay, okay, uh, Andy I, Moog. Would I was be a Moog great guy. Too. Lem- yeah. Lemlin yeah. was up there too for me. Lemlin was incredible. That too. That was a good goaltender tandem. You missed out on. And then I really liked Nevin Marquat. Okay, so Nevin Marquat was uh, in, in. I'd put him in the mix there. Uh, I really, my all-time favorite player is Rick Middleton. You know, and Brad Marchand reminds me a little bit. And when I was at a function uh, recently, Rick Middleton was there. I told him, I said, hey, Rick, Brad Marchand is trying to be you. And he got a, he got a chuckle out of that. <laughs> so um, that, I wore number 16 through high school, too. Uh, you know, Rick, Rick Middleton was really nifty. Yeah. You know, uh, good, really cool stuff. Good old nifty. It was good yep. to see them retire his number. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 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 Good stuff. So that's what, I, that's what I'd line up. Okay. That's what I'd line up. That's this. pretty good. Yeah, for my goaltender, I'd go Moog. That's great. Defense, you have yeah. to go with Bork and or. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Uh, the forwards, that's where it gets a little choppy for me. You got yeah. so many good ones right now. Remember you know the mean? Crowder brothers? I loved the I Crowder brothers. So oh, they were great, you I, know, on the wings, too. I loved Adam Oates when he was on this Adam team. Oates, what a face-off man. Talk and, about. And Joe Juno with him. Yeah, those two. Joe Juno. Oh, my God, yeah. You know, wow. I mean, going back. Terry O'Reilly. I mean, yeah. How, how do you not, you know, put Terry O'Reilly up? And Peterson was great too. You know what I mean? You oh forgot probably the most important Bruin of all time, in Who, my opinion. Who's that? Cam Neely. Cam, good old yeah, Cam. That, that poor guy. Alf. Th- well, that was you, 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 screw you, that guy. <laughs> you, you know who uh, we gave away for Cam Neely, right? Was it? Um, I just said his name. Was it? It was the, Barry Peterson. It was Peterson, right? Went to you know where. Vancouver. Vancouver. Yep. You're good. Wow, you guys are good. I, I did know that. Um, He's good with it. <laughs> well, we're old, Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> we're not good, we're just old. He's got a couple years on me. I got a couple decades yeah. on you, you know. We, we've, oh, I, I, can, um, I, can talk, I can talk old school uh, hockey all day long, you know, with, with 80s Bruins, like I said, like Pete Peters and, uh, you know, all those guys there. Uh, well, oh, my God. Yeah. We'll have to do a retro show. Milbury. How can yeah. we forget Mike Milbury oh, on defense, you uh, know? Mo- Tyler, quick, what's the most famous thing you can think about from Mike Milbury? Nothing. Nothing? How about when he went into the crowd in New York and beat somebody with oh, his own that, shoe? Oh, that I remember. I remember seeing that. Uh, he Players. was the coach here for a little while, too, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Didn't and, he have an incident? Like, he had a kid's hockey game. He had, like, some kind of incident, too, where he um, – I don't know if he hit somebody or he – Something went on at a kid's hockey game, wouldn't, too. I wouldn't doubt it. I have an uncle. He was GM of Long Island? Of the yeah. Islanders. He was, yeah. I think he was coach and GM for a little while, and then he <laughs> fired himself awesome. as the coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Milbury was great. I think he does a pretty good job on uh, NBC. Uh, um, my uh, my uncle has season tickets, and he goes to uh, the, the, uh-huh. the get-together. He said one time he tried to meet Milbury, and he turned over to Catherine Tappan at the time and goes, is he always this much of a dick? <laughs> And she just kind of gave him that. I'm not gonna answer you. Smile. <laughs> wow. 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 She, I, she and she said, you know, he really is a good guy. So wow. I, I think he's just he's a tough guy. He's yeah. Oh you know, yeah. His yeah. hands are huge too. My uncle said. Okay. My uncle's I, a little guy, so <laughs> he, went, I, um, he went to shake his hand. I guess he lost his hand in Millberry's hand. So. Oh my god. I really like. I'll tell you guys. Uh, I, I used to record Don Sweeney when Don Sweeney was a little defenseman. Yeah. And so he'd come in. 
funniest thing. I may have told you guys this story uh, off air, but um, so Sweeney would come into the studio and then he'd start correcting the copy. <laughs> He's a Harvard kid. Yeah. <laughs> so you got, <laughs> so you, got smart. This, you got this Bruins defenseman, right? Is correcting. Uh, and I used to record Pat Burns. Was awesome. Ah, rest Bru- in peace. Yeah, the Bruins coach. I liked uh, him as coach. Really nice guy. Really terrific guy. Uh, but Don Sweeney. When Bruins were in turmoil, though, when they had uh, uh, Claude, uh, you know, right before they fired him and all that was going down, um, I was suggesting that Sweeney, uh, maybe for optics too, but I'm telling you, you know, get stay as president or um, uh, I don't know exactly what it GM. GM and nearly as president, get behind the bench and coach a few games. Just... Give it a little something. No, well, try it out. Do the whole Don Cherry thing, you know, whatever. You know, do the Harry Sinden thing, right? You know, I, because I, just knowing, not that I know Sweeney well, but knowing that the kid has, you know, some brains, right? I th- Do you guys think Sweeney's doing a terrific job? I think he's doing a great, he got a lot of crap when I, he was first taken on. I think on. he's doing great. We talked yeah. about that 2015 draft mm-hmm. that everybody poo-poos. Yeah. It's really not that bad of a draft. You've yeah. got one. You've got yeah. one kid you haven't seen yet, and uh, Lucan. Uh-huh. Lucan is that how you say it? I think. Uh, you got Sinesian who's starting to come up. Uh-huh. You got Tabrasca out of that, and you got Coyle late in that. In that, I think he even uh-huh. got Heinen back then too. Oh yeah, yeah. He's been so, he's been building a good team. Yeah, and you see him in the league. They're they're high in the league right now, behind like Washington or. Yeah, I think it's it is Washington. They're behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I think the biggest problem with that 2015 draft was the fact that you ended up with triple picks. You were trying to trade up. I mm. think they were trying to get uh, Hannah Noafin. Did I say no? Noah Hannafin. <laughs> yeah. Verbal dyslexia, folks. That's all right. I, you know it. I got it all the time. Um, all right. So I got one last question yeah, sure. for you before we let you go. All I, right. I know you have a real, yeah. real job to get to. No, this yeah. is awesome, guys. Again, thanks a lot. Worst, yeah, of course. worst coach in Bruins history. Oh, my God. Wor- <laughs> worst coach in Bruins history. Wow, that's a real good question. Um, Oh my goodness, going going way back to uh I don't you know I I think it was within the in this millennium. I'm gonna I, I'm I'm sorry, but I didn't like the way Claude Really? Claude I, didn't I was like, gonna go with Dave Lewis. Whoa, Dave Lewis, okay, yeah. Uh oh who was um who was before Claude? Uh he's, who's uh Fatoric? Fatoric was not the greatest either, but um I, he's I, forgettable. Yeah, yeah, I think um yeah, Who I I I, 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 I didn't I really didn't like uh, Claude. I know he, you know they won uh, obviously a cup with him, but yeah, he's uh, actually been struggling with the Canadians. Yeah, his yeah, his system right. his system is. Uh, I don't think he was the worst. I think he's actually the franchise leader in wins for a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but his system is that get up early, grind out the rest of the game. Uh-huh. Montreal tried to do yeah, it against yeah. us last week. You know, it just yeah. just try and just try and win it one nothing. Shut them down. <laughs> chip and chip and chase, yeah. or, or chip and let them come at yeah. you. That that's Claude. I I like Claude as a coach. Yeah. I understand. They they let him go about a month and a half, two months too late. I think yeah. they should uh, they should have dropped him around Christmas time. You mentioned Mike Sullivan. Oh, Mike Sullivan. Sullivan. I actually well, like Sullivan. Really, you guys are really digging deep. My, Mike Sullivan, I thought, I thought was pretty good. Yeah. Um, he did good down. Yeah. He, he did has done real well in Pittsburgh. 
And if you ask me, my favorite coach is obviously going to be Don Cherry, you know? <laughs> How could you not go with Don Cherry? Oh, yeah. Just the flash. Imagine, you know, right, the, the, yeah. The flash and the flare. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, those classic teams and uh, all those guys, you know, I grew up, you know, watching them 80s and, and 90s. And uh, I thought, um, uh, like I said, I liked Steve Casper a lot too, you know, number 11. He was terrific. Uh uh, but those guys were, uh, you know, a lot of fun to watch. Oh, oh, Brad Park Brad back Park. in the day, too, you know. Yeah. Kenny Linsman. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, yeah, I, I yeah. hear you you mentioned Marshawn kind of like nifty. Uh-huh. I, uh-huh. I feel like at the beginning of his career, he was more, um, oh, my God, brain fart. <laughs> it happens. Uh, um, was more like Linsman, a little bit more of a pest. Uh-huh. You know, okay, that, yeah, that, that's yeah. how that's how I always sure. heard him described oh, yeah. as as yeah. Marshawn was first starting yeah. out. So yeah, I know he's no no doubt about that. Uh, uh, and then there were classics like you know like Bruce Shoebottom and uh, those kind of guys there. You know, all those fan favorites. You know, yeah. oh, good awesome. stuff. Well, this is this has been fun. All right, yeah, I mean, Chris. All right, guys, Tyler. Thank yes. you. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, we, thank we, you. We should get together. We should do a retro Bruins uh, yeah. segment at some point yeah. in the new year. Do you guys ever think of like 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 maybe trying to get like a Bruins guy in here? Uh, yeah, I would love to, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Even on the phone, maybe I can arrange that for you guys. Yeah. You know who I had on my college radio station? And now he, you might not know Tyler, but John Carter. Do you remember John Carter? John Carter? Nope, don't know. Anyways, I had him on. Uh, imagine that. That was well. He was do research on him after, but he was actually little guy too, you know, and had to be like 1990. But uh, that was kind of cool to have an actual Bruins player. You know? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, maybe maybe one of these days we'll be big enough we can get somebody. <laughs> yeah, of course. I'll see what I can do. I'll see if uh, maybe get maybe we can get uh, uh, Peter Solarik out of uh, Providence. <laughs> I like we'll, we'll, start, we'll start low. I, I, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I like going down to Providence a lot, and uh, I was gonna maybe go down Sunday. I like to see what they got in the pipeline. You yeah. know what I mean? I like to see uh, what they have going on. You guys follow Providence at all? Follow Not as much Not as much. we probably should. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, we should. Yeah. To me, what a dream job that would be, huh? Like one of the scouts going down there and trying to have that eye and see who that would be next to move up. You yeah, know? yeah, totally. Uh, listen, if I, if I was any better yeah. than what I do. See, that's, that's kind of <laughs> like, like me, like with the music business, I like to like pick an album and, and predict what I think might be the hit song to pull, and that's what those guys are kind of doing down in Providence, right. you know. Mm. Yeah. So that's a real skill, don't you think, to try to be able to do that? And uh, Absolutely. So I'm going to go down that and do that myself. Not that anyone's going to listen or care, but I'm going to say, hey, I like that guy. I, I'm going to – he should set him up Route 95 next week. There we go. We'll, we'll stop paying you in lunch. You can be our uh, our Providence scout. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll give you, you uh, updates. Yeah. Listen, Chris, next time we have you on, we should talk some food. We should talk more retro Bruins. We got to talk about food here. (laughs) More lifestyle stuff. Uh, We won't talk politics because then you'll have everyone tune out at that point. Oh, yeah. No. (laughs) Absolutely not. All right. Well, Chris, thank you very much. You can check Chris out on Twitter at uh, Maven's Update. At Maven's Update. I always get that wrong. I apologize. Uh, he is the campus coordinator here at the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. They've given Tyler and I all our skills. Uh, we appreciate them very much. Sure. Looking for a career change? Call one eight hundred TV Radio. Go say go csb.com. Go csb.com. Check them out. Chris, thank you very much. All right, Dave. We'll thank you, Tyler. Thank all you, right, Chris. great show, guys. Big fan. Thanks. Bye. And now it's time to go around the NHL. Tyler has some coaching updates for us. Tyler. 
So on Tuesday, the Dallas Stars fired head coach Jim Montgomery for unprofessional conduct. The fourth coach fired this season, along with Mike Babcock and uh, Jim Hines. Hope I got that right. And uh, Peter's up in Colorado. Uh, Not Colorado, excuse me, Calgary. So Montgomery is released after less than two seasons with a record of 113 wins, 60 losses, and 43 losses in the shootout. Making the playoffs, but losing in seven games to the St. Louis Blues. Dallas would make the move at the limit of a situation over the weekend and are now doing an investigation. General Manager Jim Neal wouldn't divulge in any details, saying the decision was not based on, on ice performance, although Neal did clarify and say the incident did not involve any current or former managers. Montgomery is replaced by assistant coach Rick Bowness. Bowness has been an assistant since June 2018 and remains interim head coach for the remainder of the season. So, thoughts on the uh, Dallas Stars firing? Caught me by surprise, uh, as I'm sure it did everybody. Uh, I had a misprint in there. Uh, the incident did not involve any current or former uh, players. I wrote managers because I'm a dope. Sorry, I set you up to fail on that one, Tyler. Uh, come on, man. Not your fault, my fault, my fault. Um, yeah, I got this story uh, off of the NHL.com and off of WFAA.com, uh, Mile. Leslie, I think, I believe his name is. I apologize if I got that incorrect. You know, uh, with everything going on nowadays, I don't want to pretend to know, to speculate on what went on, but if it was enough to get you to lose your job, then, you know, I guess it was time to go. I don't think this is going to be the last of the firing, and uh, there was another firing too. So on Wednesday, the San Jose Sharks fired head coach Peter DeBauer after five straight losses with a .500 record of 15 wins, 16 losses, and two losses in the sh- in the shootout. He is the fifth coach fired this year, along with the Dallas Stars coach that we mentioned earlier. San Jose also fired assistant coach C- Steve Spott and Dave Barr, along with goaltending coach Johan Hedberg. Johan. Johan Hedberg, excuse me. So, yeah, they've had a lot of firings, yeah. <laughs> and that, that really shouldn't shift things up. So the Bowers spent five seasons in San Jose and qualified for the playoffs each year. Overall record was 198 wins, 129 losses, and 34 shootout losses. Bob Bowner will be the interim head coach returning to the Sharks, whom he was an assistant from 2015-2017. Bowner spent two seasons as Florida's head coach. General Manager Doug Wilson said, We feel this team is capable of much more, and that a new voice is needed. So thoughts on that? Uh, you know... We talked about San Jose underperforming when they came to town uh, at the beginning of uh, at the beginning of November. Um, we had talked about who we thought might get fired. I did not see this one coming. Same. Uh, I thought San Jose was doing great, and uh, I mean they were probably going to lose. I think they were on a losing streak for quite a bit. But yeah, I think it's a uh, five-game losing streak. Yeah, and, and I think against Tampa Bay they had like seven goals. Yeah. Against that, that's pretty bad. So I mean, it's a it's a tough business. In some, I mean, I sometimes. Get it. Yeah, I get it. Stamkos, Kucherov, we mentioned earlier, they got some goals on us for the Bruins game. So, But, yeah, back to San Jose, it's just a shocking situation of all these coaches getting fired. It's It makes me wonder if uh, – I don't know how Detroit still has their coach. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'd have to look into that, see if maybe it's his first year. If he's a first-year coach, maybe a second-year coach. If it is a first-year coach, it's understandable. Yeah, maybe they're trying to give him a little extra uh, leeway, trying to get into it. Um, I had heard when Cassidy took over that it really only should take 
a couple of weeks to get a coaching system, uh, a new system into place in the NHL, which is amazing to me. But, you know, um, I, I was thinking we talked about last week. I thought Claude might be on his way out. Um, up in yeah, Montreal, he, they have been getting a lot of ones too. We blew them out eight to one. Yeah, that was that was nice. That always feels yeah, good. Absolutely. So, so yeah. So, now, so that's a lot yeah. of coaching changes. A lot coming right before yeah, the uh, Christmas season. Right, uh, right at that point. I I like to mention. I feel is that real measuring stick for where your team's gonna be. There's not much movement generally after Christmas as far as the standings. Uh, St. Louis aside, last year, which you know I believe at. The beginning uh, on January first, they were dead last in the league. So, yeah. Um, moving on around the league, last night Jack Eichel had two goals against Nashville for a four to three Buffalo win. Yeah, I believe he also had two goals for the St. Louis Blues game uh, on December tenth. So that's so he's starting to really warm yeah. up over there. Um, yeah, in the last five games, he's had points like, especially in three games, had more than one. So, nice. Yeah, that's he's been good. doing great. That's excellent. Um, the Detroit Red Wings beat the Winnipeg Jets five to two last night to end their twelve game losing streak. Uh, apparently, they hadn't won, and this is kind of bullshit. Uh, they hadn't won a game since they beat Boston. I don't know if that's true. I'm just throwing it wow. out there. They got uh, two goals to go in off a of Winnipeg defenseman Neil Points skates. So unfortunate for Winnipeg. Lucky yeah. for Detroit. Maybe that's why they uh, they still have their coach because. Luck, little luck. <laughs> Although a twelve a twelve game losing streak, that's that's yeah, gonna be again, tough to sit through. You have to question his coaching. I mean, I get it; he's probably a rookie coach, but you gotta make a change. Maybe make him an assistant coach. Make yeah, a, maybe a change in the head coaching at least. Let's make a note to find out more about Detroit's coach for next week, and we can talk more about him as opposed to. Yeah, we're doing a bit of speculation here, so that's probably yeah. not the best. The Calgary Flames beat Toronto Maple Leafs last night, four to two. Calgary would score three goals in a matter of two minutes and thirty seconds in the third period. Ha ha, Toronto! Screw you guys. Yeah, I hope Tavares's face was livid when that uh, happened. You know, I hate John Tavares. And finally, around the league from last night, uh, San Jose lost their first game under their new coach, Bob, the interim coach, Bob Bowder, six to three to the New York Rangers. Um, you know, it's not always gonna take off like um toronto i believe won a couple of the first games once they got a new coach and dallas i don't know if they played yet i'm would have to look into that they probably played yeah and as you mentioned before coaches got to get into that uh into that system of getting used to the getting used to the system yeah and the team the the players gotta kind of break some bad habits usually so yeah of course all right uh Dave Rodriguez, Tyler Scales, Boston Bee Party. Uh, we had a nice interview with Chris Palermo. I just went around the league as far as coaches firing and games from last night. We're going to f- close up this program and talk about the upcoming games for next week. Three games next week, Florida, Los Angeles, and the Islanders. Um, Florida's going to – we're going to – yeah, Boston's going to go down to Florida on Saturday night. Florida – uh, we owe them a little payback after the last time Boston played them. Uh, that was just an abysmal, abysmal game. Florida is 15-11-5 uh, for 35 points, and they are currently sitting fifth in the wild card. Um, Tyler, what, did, what do the Bruins need to do to beat, to win this game? Defensive play. This needs to improve. And you know Florida, they have a bunch of good players like Barkov and Huberdeau on that team. Huberdeau, I believe, is one of the top ten players with points, so 
got to watch out for him. He's a dangerous player. And, yeah, they hope in practice tonight. I don't know they have practice today, so they better improve on the defensive play, like getting it out of the zone, no giveaways. Giveaways are going to be the main key in this. Okay, that's a valid point. I, I think, and I was going to use this for uh, one of our segments, but we're running a little long, so I'm just going to throw this out here now, is – I think the Bruins need to switch up. If the, if not the first line, then definitely the first power play line. I feel like, especially on the power play, they're getting stagnant. Uh, I see them doing almost the same thing every time. Uh, if you you come behind the net, you find Bergeron in the buffer, or you pass it around the outside until you can get Pasternak open enough to take that one-timer from the dot. It's it's something that I think is they need a little more creativity. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Dave. I think someone who can be good on the on the first line power play is Jake DeBrusque. I think him working with either Bergeron or Marchand or maybe even with Krejci, I think could even uh, yeah could I, be great. I I think a line with Pasternak, Krejci, and DeBrusque could work. We saw it during the New York game, and it they got a goal with each other, so. I, I, I think, think they're also work. I think they're also putting that first unit out way too much. Uh, last night they took a timeout about halfway through that final power play, just to leave that first unit out there. If the first unit's not clicking, I know that they're what sixty percent of your offense yeah, this they year. Have like, that I'm just throwing that number out there because it's a round number. Yeah, I'm they not even have too like 100 sure. Points together too, so you know, and I know that they're an all-worldly line. I, I hate the perfection. Nickname I do like on Felger and Maz. Felger calls them the erection line. It's kind of funny to me because everybody does get a little bit of a hard on over them. Yeah. Uh, so uh, moving on to the Los Angeles Kings coming in on Tuesday night. Tyler, I think you have a good take on this one. I actually said LA Kings would win four to one. We've been playing terrible against bad teams. Yep. You come into these sleeper games or trap games, however you want to look at them, and they haven't been playing well. Well, you got a nice opportunity here. The Los Angeles Kings come to yeah, town. And also to mention that we we haven't played this team at all this year, so yeah, we don't have they don't have like a good like homework situation on them. Yeah, they, they, they've had that bad homework situation with Detroit and Chicago. They they they're last in the West first of all, but they come two points behind Chicago, who just kind of manhandled us last week. So thirteen, eighteen, and two. I don't want this to be another one of them. I feel bad about this loss games, but I won't be surprised, unfortunately. And then on Thursday night, Boston will host the Islanders. They will bring a 21-7-2 record to town, 44 points. Islanders have been a good story the last couple of years. Best goaltending, goaltending tandem in the league last year. Uh, second in the Met behind seven points behind Washington. That's how good Washington yeah. is right now. Uh, that should be a, a real good game. Yeah, of course. I think uh, I think Boston will win this game three to two. Okay. I think it will be close. Maybe go into overtime or the shootout. If it goes to the shootout, you know what's going to happen next. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No shootout. You may as well just call it game over. Yeah. Just call it the game because for whatever reason, Boston over the last several years, has sucked in the shootout. Yeah. So, both uh, does it for the show. Tyler, anything else you want to get to today? Ten episodes, man. Ten episodes. No, we made uh, the double digits. We did. We uh, we haven't been uh, told to cut the shit yet, so that's pretty good. Dave Rodriguez, Tyler Scales, this is the Boston Bee Party. Check us out on Twitter, at Boston Bee Party 1, and we will talk to you next week. All right? Thanks for listening, everyone. A leg save by Vasilevsky. Char, dart, 
across the goal mouth. Pirelli couldn't convert on the red-hot pass. Loose in front and score! John Moore sneaks in, banks it to Moore, the shot. Graves steers it off the top of the crease. Bjork to Moore, the tip from Jake to Brusk. No, it's Wagner. It's Chris Wagner coming off the end boards. The rebound carries to Marshawn. Beats Pasternak to Bergeron. He scores the big triangle. And the Bruins cut the lead in half. Marshawn hunting the puck in the defense zone. McAvoy sizzles the pass to Bergeron to Marshawn. Closing, goes around the net, tries to wrap. Bergeron scores! Number 47 for Boston. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting!